Hey there, I'm Kevin Daisy. And I'm Eric Olson. You're listening to the Managing Partners Podcast, where we interview top lawyers about how they're growing their firms. Okay, we are live. We're coming to you live on LinkedIn, YouTube, and Facebook today. Welcome to another live recording of the Managing Partners Podcast. My name is Kevin Daisy. I'm your host, also the founder of Array Digital. We help law firms grow their pipeline through digital marketing. Today, I am joined by Amos Gern. Thanks so much for coming on today to share your story. It's my pleasure, Kevin. I'm glad to be with you and, and our listeners. Yes, sir. I know you have a lot to share and listeners, a lot that you can learn uh, from Amos here. So please tune in, please listen, and uh, let's get into it. So you know, I always like to start with learning more about you, you know, uh, personally, and how you came to become an attorney, and then fast forwarding all the way to, you know, where you are today as a partner in a firm. So thank you, Kevin. So I've been admitted uh, since 1971, both in New Jersey and New York. Mostly my work is in New Jersey. We do keep a satellite office in New York, but it's primarily in Roseland, New Jersey, which is a suburb of uh, Newark, New Jersey in Essex County, which is the largest county in the state. And we're about 20 minutes from uh, downtown Newark, which is where uh, the courthouse is and so forth, the federal courthouse and the state courthouse. In any event, um, so I have been, um, I, I came to profession by virtue of, I went to Rutgers uh, University undergraduate and, and graduated in 1967. I then went to NYU Law School, uh, graduated in 1970. Since then, uh, initially, I practiced for a year, uh, roughly a year in New York City with a, a firm that does construction litigation. I then uh, made a decision since I grew up in New Jersey to come back to New Jersey. I uh, secured a position with the United States Attorney's Office in New Jersey. And my goal at the time was to learn how to try a case because prosecutors try cases and uh, so do public defenders. But young associates don't get to try cases very often in most firms. They might sit second chair, but more often than not, they don't even get to do that. So I spent three and a half years with the United States Attorney's Office in Newark, which had a very high profile in the country and in the state. Uh, because we had very uh, aggressive and very well-respected uh, United States attorneys uh, in charge of the office. After that, I went to work for a couple of years with a Newark, New Jersey uh, law firm. I began to specialize in personal injury litigation and trial work and uh, have done so ever since. Eventually, myself and uh, four, uh, three other uh, attorneys, all young attorneys and all looking to start something new, formed our firm at that time, uh, which was in 1976. And uh, we remained, we frankly, uh, we started off with a, uh, you know, a, a metal table and, a, and one phone. But within a very short time, we were successful and we began uh, making a name for ourselves as a firm that people knew handled a broad range of, of information, broad, broad range of practice. And in fact, that's kind of the way I've always been positioned. Our firm at the time uh, had somebody who did commercial litigation, somebody who did estate planning and tax work, somebody who did matrimonial work, family work, and myself who did personal injury uh, litigation, medical malpractice. And uh, within that array of people, we were able to kind of take on anything that came along that made sense. And of course, the whole 
the whole goal in, in the practice of law is case selection. And eventually we merged with another firm in, in 1993, and that's where we are now. And Starger and Davison and Rubin is the name of the firm. And we've been around uh, for a long time. We now have 21 lawyers. And over the years, I, I one of the things I, I'm very proud of that I did was a number of years ago, I was president of the Trial Lawyers Association in New Jersey. Back then, it was still called ATLA, A-T-L-A, and now it's called New Jersey Association for Justice. And I'm still very active. I'm on the Board of Governors with NJAJ, and uh, I have a high profile, frankly, with my members who uh, rely on me and come to me with issues all the time, refer matters to me all the time. And uh, that's how the firm has uh, grown. And in my practice, uh, it has grown. And in my firm, which, uh, as I said, is 21 attorneys, uh, six of us do personal, myself and six others, five others, do personal injury litigation, workers' compensation, uh, medical malpractice, almost anything, premises cases, anything in the personal injury field. In addition, of course, I have the partners who do the commercial litigation, the state planning, real estate, and other areas that allows us to pretty much accept anything that comes along. We don't do immigration. But you have specialists in those areas, so that's great. Yeah, and we know people in almost any area. I mean, if somebody needed a, an immigration attorney, even though we don't do it, I have colleagues that do nothing but that and who respect me and I respect them. So it enables us to make the proper referrals uh, to yeah. people uh, as needed. Those referral partners are very uh, very important for sure. So everyone listening, you can take a look at the, the website for the firm down below. I'll also put that in the comments so you guys could check that out. You can click on that link if you're watching this right now live or if it's on our YouTube, you can check that out as well. So it sounds like, uh, so for you personal, you do personal injury. That's your, your main focus. Also, so maybe like some medical malpractice and, and things like that as well. Correct. Yeah. Go check um, out uh, the website. You can see quite the rap sheet and uh, successes that Amos has. If you look at the profile page for him. So uh, I would. And, and just so it's clear to your viewers, I do plaintiff's work, meaning on behalf of the party suing, not on behalf of the insurance company or the defendant. Uh, gotcha. but, but in our other areas of litigation, uh, estate litigation and commercial litigation, we could be on any side. It depends on who hires us. Okay. <laughs> gotcha. So, um, so you got me, uh, you got a good kind of feel for the firm, what you're focused on, kind of where you've been. What are some of the ways that have been successful other than referrals uh, that you've been able to get in the marketplace and bring clients in the door? You actually mentioned a few things to me uh, prior to the going live here, uh, but what are some of the ways you're, you're getting clients and getting, getting cases? Sure. Uh, well, one of the things that we've started several years ago is a newsletter that goes out monthly and uh, it uh, tells people new issues that come up in, in my field particularly, but also allows us to feature people in the firm that got, uh, that have received special awards, like for example, uh, in the best lawyers um, uh, awards or super lawyers, which have become kind of uh, the areas that a lot of people, uh, a lot of attorneys seek. And there's an awful lot of firms, a lot of companies out there that seek to give you awards for a certain dollar amount. But those two, the best lawyers uh, and uh, super lawyers is very uh, highly respected and for the most part, uh, very vetted by the legal world. And so if you make those kinds of things as I have and other people in my firm, then uh, you're, you get yourself further 
uh, accolades and further uh, respect in the community. But so one of the things we've done is uh, is a newsletter that, that goes out, as I said, monthly. Another thing, I'm very active as a speaker for the trial lawyers and for the programs that we run, which are very well attended. We, there's something called, uh, we run a, something called a boardwalk seminar. It's in Atlantic City every year. It's been going on for over 20 years. Uh, is that I, virtually, I virtual right now or is it still being Well, the, it's been virtual the last two years. Uh, we have another one called the Meadowlands Seminar, which is in the fall. And that one we hope will be in person again uh, this time, although it hasn't been the last year or so. But um, and those are terrific marketing opportunities. You get to meet your fellow uh, attorneys and you get to meet exhibitors who are uh, helpful to, to our industry, who are experts who testify in court for us. And uh, you, it's a really a, a terrific opportunity for expanding your presence and your work in your legal community. Um, That's what helps with the referral opportunities exactly, as well. Exactly. And uh, I'm on, I mentioned to you, Kevin, earlier that I'm on several listservs, both nationally and, and locally, with hundreds of attorneys. So they see my presence on the listservs, answering questions, helping us to providing experts' names and trial tips and information that can be useful uh, in the work we do. And often, uh, as I mentioned to you, often I get an inquiry as to, does anyone know a particular area of the law that I don't even do, but I know one of my partners. So I'll respond to that very quickly. And and my experience has been when that type of opportunity arises, you got to jump on it. You have to make a phone call. You can't just answer on an email because there's 20 other people saying, yeah, I know somebody or I do it. But if you pick up the phone and call and people in my business know me, uh, they're going to uh, most of the time come my way on those kinds of things. Uh, or I can refer my partners uh, if it's a, an estate litigation, for example, or a commercial litigation. I love so, that. You pick up the phone. You know, exactly. And don't waste time. Uh, exactly. I do it as uh, I'm very uh, hands on. I don't just use email and texting and so forth. I use the old fashioned system of picking up the phone and calling. And with a cell phone these days, you can call anybody anytime. And uh, they respect that. People respect. So yeah, 100% um, with you. Yeah. And one other thing which I think uh, has helped my firm, has helped me to grow the firm is the fact that we're very, uh, very responsive to our clients. We copy them on our letters. We copy them with our pleadings. We make sure they know what's going on in their cases as we're obligated to. But a lot of people, particularly in the personal injury field, don't do that because they kind of figure them, well, the client is not that sophisticated. They won't understand answers to interrogatories or a deposition transcript. Well, my view is if if you've done extensive uh, answers to interrogatories, for example, you want your client to read it and make sure it's correct because it's under oath and it becomes a script for a deposition later, becomes a script for trial. It really is a tool that we prepare carefully and extensively so that it can be used uh, throughout the case. And uh, it's proven to be, uh, I've trained all my associates uh, to do it that way, and it's proven to be very, very productive. And also a client that way knows you are on top of things. I mean, I got a client the other day, out of the blue, a client who I'm doing a personal injury case for, uh, and I've been in communication with her on a regular basis. She called me up about a friend who had a landlord-tenant problem 
could I handle it? And it really was two things. It was too small for us to handle. Uh, secondly, it was out of our area venue. Uh, it was in South Jersey. We're in North Jersey. And I told her I couldn't. But the point was that she thought of me first as the yeah. person to contact. And yeah. that's the kind of thing we seek to generate at all times. No, I, I love that. And 100%, um, that, you know, I'm a, we're a marketing agency. The same thing applies. You know, our clients might now be sophisticated and we got data and reports and all this stuff. But we got to contact them constantly, give them updates, information, whether or not they understand it every time. But it's been a huge difference in our business to have that over-the-top communication. If not, they're going, oh, what are they doing? Are they working for me? And then they're going to start calling to check, hey, is how's my case going? Right. And in your case, it can be life-changing situations. Sure. So sure. people they, are on edge. Yeah, an hour goes by and you're like, hey, are they are they doing anything for me? So uh, I love that. That's, that's a huge piece right there. That is the nature of most clients, particularly the more unsophisticated ones, tend to think uh, if they haven't heard from you, you're not doing anything. <laughs> and they also seem to think, and many times think, that when they get a large settlement, let's say they get, just pick any number at the end of the case, uh, they think it was easy. It was a few phone calls and a couple of letters. But when they see the product of what it took to get that settlement or verdict and the experts we had to hire and the money we had to spend taking a chance uh, on their behalf. And uh, then they realize uh, they really have a, a champion on their side, someone who's going to do the job for them. Love it. And that's just going to pay dividends and, and come back to you with other referrals. So yes. uh, quick side note, um, we mentioned earlier that um, the event that you do typically in Atlantic City, I think you said, and some of the other things like that. And then of course, you're at your home office. I'm at my home office. Right. Uh, you said you've been working at home for over a year. My business partner and other host, uh, Eric J. Olson, uh, ask this question. How did business interruptions during the pandemic compare to other recessions you've seen over the years? So I think he's indicating that you're older. I'm not sure. <laughs> well, he's got that right. The answer really is this. First of all, the courts have been largely closed. It's very tough. Everything's been backed up for a year and a half or longer. So cases that would normally settle when you get a trial date or you get a conference date or, or a deposition took place and now there's a good opportunity to maybe mediate the case or do something to move it forward, that's become harder and harder by virtue of the fact that the courts are closed. Uh, they're starting to reopen in New Jersey and in some, many other states, and but the, the, then you have virtual trials. And virtual trials are a killer because it requires an awful lot of technology. Uh, you have juries, jurors sitting at home, maybe not paying attention, mm. uh, not as engaged as they would be in a courtroom where you, you interact with them. So it's been, we have been avoiding getting virtual trials in complex cases. There are some cases that are, you know, a plaintiff and a defendant, it's only going to take two days, three days. Well, then you could do it. But it's even then, it's not the same. So um, the answer is, and in the business area, in the business field, it's had a tremendous uh, impact for the same reasons. Uh, people are more reluctant to get into contracts and do the kind of business deals that are available because everything's so uncertain. So I think it's impacted all areas of our practice. Uh, we were able to get uh, they call PPP money, uh, yeah. PPP money from the government, uh, as any responsible firm would have done. And uh, even the major corporations did it. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, and, and it's been a very uh, productive thing because it allowed us to keep people on our staff. 
uh, not to let anybody go uh, as a condition of getting that funding. But it also uh, was a good thing for the country because it enabled uh, companies and people that are the the backbone of our country uh, to stay in business for a a large part. We we don't have to deal with in a law firm kinds of things that, let's say, restaurants have to deal with where, you know, they're worried about people coming in and and restrictions from the city or the state. It's a little different. But we're very, um, I have an office manager who's very strict about masks and letting people <laughs> in uh, who aren't invited. You're making you stay home. <laughs> and, well, I come back and forth, but I'm, I'm home more than I'm in the office. But, you know, we do what we have to do. Hey there, this is Eric J. Olson, the CEO of Array Law. If you're ready to work with a world-class digital marketing company, reach out. You can find us online at ArrayLaw.com or call us at any time, 757-333-3021. Yeah, and I think, you know, as Eric's question there too, I mean, my, the difference, I guess, is completely different. A recession, you know, uh, there's other things, economic uh, crises and, you know, things like that and the markets crashing and whatever, but never before with the courts closed or you know, those types of things are just not operating because of, you, you can't actually get together in person. So completely something, you know, different, different than we've ever experienced before. Sure. So. Well, and as, as everybody knows, it's expanded the uh, ability to use the internet and to use things like Zoom to have meetings, to have depositions. Uh, and there's certain efficiencies that are involved in that. Although I personally like to have face-to-face uh, contact because you can judge certain things by body language and, and uh, the attitude people take, which, which you might not get in a video type of presentation. Uh, no, 100%. I think I've heard different things from different managing partners, uh, some some pre- different practice areas, of course. Uh, some prefer it. Um, they like it. They can have more, they can see more clients, but you know, they might, they're, again, they're not going into trial, uh, different types of attorneys prefer because it's more efficient for them. But I've heard similar things like you're saying with personal injury or your types of cases where it's maybe not as efficient or, uh, as better of an outcome that you Well, to give you an example, I, sorry to interrupt, uh, to give you an example, you know, always we met with clients, no matter who they were. We didn't do it by phone. We didn't do it by computer, by the internet. We met with them and it enabled us to size up the client. Will this person be credible? Is this person likable? These are all factors that are very important in my work in particular, but in frankly, all law, all legal matters. And um, uh, unfortunately, that is less and less uh, available. (laughs) So uh, more and more are things done by uh, the internet or by emails, by phones, uh, which is uh, detrimental to the practice, in my opinion. But you have to work around it. You have to be recognized that there's a way to address the problems and not just ignore them. And and we've been very good. My firm's been very good in doing that. Well, that's awesome. Uh, you know, congrats on your success and your long career. Um, and uh, you see, you got the energy, you're still ready to roll. What is maybe one thing it's just a different question I would usually ask, but um, a young attorney listening right now, someone that's just getting going or they're not really sure what they're going to do. Maybe they're just in law school, but maybe what's one one tip you would share uh, with that person tuning in? Well, well I think uh, once you're, you know, it's hard to say these days starting a new firm, you know, hanging your shingle out is a very awesome issue for most people. Uh, but, but 
it can be done because we did it years ago and it can be done, but you've got to be aggressive about your practice. You've got to be responsive to your clients. Probably the number one thing in my particular field, uh, I think is tantamount, is case selection. You have to be very careful about case selection. You know, I'm familiar. I know you're a managing, uh, you're, you're a marketing company, uh, but uh, we've never uh, over the years done broad marketing where we simply get unsolicited calls. We have billboards, that kind of thing. I know firms do it and I'm, I, I'm not criticizing them because they wouldn't do it if it wasn't efficient for them or if it didn't work. But I find that an awful lot of time is misspent and, and wasted uh, simply talking to people who have no conception of uh, the uh, implications of a legal matter. And um, uh, I find uh, that the way we've done it, which is largely referral-based, largely things like our newsletter, uh, whenever something important happens in the firm, we, we, advise, we let everybody in our client base know about it. Recently, one of my young uh, associates was uh, was named on my recommendation, a new a new leader in the bar. We let the public know about that and, and we uh, featured it in our local ledger so that people would know it isn't one thing that gets you a case. It's kind of an overview of knowing that you are available and capable. And uh, uh, so it was very important to let people know we have somebody even in our younger group knows how to function in the same way that the older people have. One of the things that I'm going to you obviously uh, made reference to uh, how long I've been practicing. Uh, I'm probably never going to slow up because I wouldn't know what to do with myself otherwise. Yeah, you can play golf and you can do certain things, but uh, I enjoy the practice. It's uh, it's in my blood, so to speak. And um I enjoyed doing it. And so even at my age, which is pretty much up there, I feel active uh, and uh, I, I'm not planning on slowing down. And the firm is, I hope, will continue to grow. You know, one of the things I think you wanted to cover was uh, our plans for the future in terms of growth. Yes, sir. Um, we have uh, over the years brought in attorneys who have existing, you know, usually many times solo practitioners or from another firm who have existing practices and perhaps they didn't want to be bothered with management. They didn't want to be bothered with a lease, certain responsibilities that come with a law firm and that we as, uh, that I as a managing partner have to deal with all the time. And we brought people in as of counsel uh, in many instances and in specialties different than what we've done before. Uh, we're now in the process of trying to get most recently somebody in the civil rights area that we uh, have been speaking to because it's not something we regularly do and become more and more a popular area and a, a productive area throughout the country. So and that's not to say that the younger people aren't going to grow with the firm. We've tried to keep them on a path where they recognize that they can grow with our firm. So uh, that's one of the things that I wanted to comment on. No, that's that's excellent. So um, you're still growing. You're still active. You're ready to go. That's that's good to hear. And, uh, you know, I, hopefully inspiring to younger attorneys listening that are just getting started. They got a long road ahead and anything can be possible. So uh, get a quick. This is from uh, Shannon from my team. Glad you got the dust off the suit, Amos. <laughs> <laughs> I told her I would get the suit cleaned. Uh, <laughs> just for the, <laughs> just for this. Well, I'm glad we got to get the suit broken out. So that's that's good. Um, no, so yeah, excited for what you're doing. It sounds, uh, you know, just uh, you got 
a long road ahead and keep growing. You're inspired to keep doing that. So that's, that's excellent to hear. One, um, of, the things, one of the things, Kevin, if I can interrupt you, is, that oh, I, go ahead. is very important for younger attorneys, because uh, you mentioned that, is to have mentors, uh, to have people, whether it's a former judge that they used to clerk for, whether it's a senior partner in a law firm that that they work with on cases. It's very important to have mentors in the business because you learn from those people. They've all made those mistakes that you don't want to make. You know, no one's perfect. And uh, the advantage of having practiced as many years as I have is that I've probably made every mistake that shouldn't have been made. And I can tell people what not to do. Uh, and knowing what not to do is just as important as knowing what to do. And it also, uh, younger turn need to be very cognizant of their ethical requirements. It's uh, It can be very tough because there's so much in the internet that they think they can do that they really can't do because they're not allowed to sign a, a description, let's say, to their work as being um, the tops in the field or something like that without proper designation, proper uh, ethical requirements. And they don't know better. They just came out of law school. They clerked for a year and they don't know. So Get some mentors. Exactly. Get uh, good men. Good point. And I'm sure you've mentored plenty of people and taught a lot of folks along the way. But check out, you know, the website, check out more about Amos. Also, Amos, you mentioned we can reach others can reach out to you. Your email address is below. Right. So if you're watching, listening now or later, a gurn at stargurn.com. That's with two R's. And I'm sure Amos can connect with you, uh, help you out in some way or another. So uh, please reach out. Or if you have a referral uh, from a different firm, I'm sure he would like to get that too. So, uh, so yeah, feel free to reach out. He let us put his email up on the screen. So uh, reach out to him. Also, uh, we'll have this episode uh, up on our website soon at arraylaw.com forward slash podcast. So be checking a look look out for this episode being live there. Also on our podcast, uh, the audio version will be out soon as well. So um, if you need help with digital marketing for law firms, that's all we do. Help you get out there in front of people, uh, get your name out there, get found on Google when people are searching. Consider Google the other referral source. Uh, we can help you with that. So check out ArrayLaw.com. Reach out to me. I'm happy to help answer any questions as well, just like uh, Amos here. Happy to help. You don't have to be a client to reach out. We can talk to you, help you out, and point you in the right direction if we're not a fit. So uh, Amos, anything else you want to share before we roll out of here? No, I just, uh, you know, years ago, you know, we weren't as tuned into things like LinkedIn and uh, uh, Facebook and all the different resources. I, I remember years and years ago, uh, I would have my secretary do my emails for me. Well, you can't do that anymore. It just doesn't work. I'm, I've never been a great typist, but I can hunt and peck pretty pretty quickly now. So, so you know, you have to uh, grow with what's going on in the community and in the world. I just mentioned that because you can't uh, stay static. That's the bottom line. Yeah. Well, if you need help with that, we can probably help you. But Amos, thanks so much for sharing everything today. Uh, some great lessons there for everyone tuning in again. You know, reach out, connect with him. Check out his firm. And uh, well, so Amos, you stay on with me for just a minute. I will. Of Everyone course. else, have a great day, Amos. I'll chat with you in just a second. Thank you. Thanks for listening and seeing us today, whoever tuned in. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And uh, happy Friday. Have a good weekend. Amos and I will probably be working late because that's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid so. All right. Happy Friday, everyone.